0: Hello and welcome to the Tea Room Talks podcast, the podcast breaking the stigma. Thanks for joining us once again for another week. This week we're going to be speaking to Darren and we're speaking about physical health to look into if, you know, boosting your physical health really does improve your mental health as people commonly say. We're going to be speaking about his industry and seeing how physical health benefits him and working in that industry and how he gets others to use physical health as an outlet almost to you know push themselves and focus he works in occupational health and and boosts physical health for those dealing with such serious health conditions such as ongoing cancer diagnosis and chemotherapy treatments it's quite a heavy one but it's an industry that we need to be aware of and you know it's brilliant that these places exist for people who may be dealing with such serious health conditions We'll also talk to him about how he dealt with mental health and has ongoing struggles with mental health after the breakdown of a relationship he had and what physical health did for him in that situation. Also, dealing with grief that he had whilst going through and knowing he was going to lose a family member quite close to him. Let's have a listen to the chat that I had with him. So I'm joined by Darren Lander, Active Lifestyle Development Officer. Darren, thank you very much for being here for having me. So mental health, what are your personal experiences?
1: So I think probably thinking back and when you obviously sent the details over, I thought back and thought, well, actually, it's kind of hard, probably, obviously, it's alluded to through the podcast, it, it's hard to find somebody who hasn't had some sort of mental health issue or still has one or, or has a daily battle with one. In, in in everyday life, it's just obviously more more or less people a fair of hiding it, I think, there's that shield. Um but for me, I think thinking back, probably the first real thing I think I felt or maybe had that mental health issue or, or whatever we want to call it around it, um, was when I lost my dad at nineteen. Um so my dad unfortunately was diagnosed with lung cancer. Um and then sort of eighteen months or two years later he passed away. Um so he was in and out of hospital while I was at university, um, which was quite difficult because i was away from home and and stuff like that but for the last sort of three four months of his life i was sort of at home because i finished uni and almost like a carer for him Um so you sort of i think when somebody has a terminal diagnosis especially around cancer it's well you know they're going to die at some point um and as much as they'll put a uh, they like to put a time frame on that you don't know when it is um and you know um it was it was difficult, I think, to see that man who obviously uh, I grew up around and, and stuff like that suddenly almost w- away to a degree. Um, but you almost prepared, like mentally. I think I felt like I prepared myself for it um, in a way. But actually, I think it was sort of after everything had been done, so after the funeral and everything, and I was back at university for the for the next year. Um, sort of, it was a difficult year. I think I didn't realise straight away how difficult it hit me. Um, because you just obviously you were in that mode I was in that mode I was looking after him and, and things like that as we were as a family and things like that um, and then you sort of throw yourself back into university but actually university obviously you're meant to be going out all this time and stuff like that or it's the preconceived sort of thing with university but I just didn't I found it quite hard like university in general that year work and things like that it wasn't I think until I opened up to a tutor about it or I speak I spoke to a friend on the course and then uh, they said to speak to speak to Kevin who was our tutor at the time and then he helped put me in contact with support at the university which helped massively and actually that was probably when I first took up sort of physical activity as a sort of coping mechanism so running Um, and we and me and my brother raised the money for cancer research and also uh, subsequently the hospice where who helped support us and, and provide that district nurse support but that's Probably the first sort of thing I would say is sort of when that, when I first sort of had that um, sort of experience with mental health and then sort of reflecting back. Probably the other significant time was a breakdown of a long-term relationship. So I've been with, with somebody since I was 15 and then I was 22. It was a couple of years after my dad had passed away as well. So, so yeah, that broke down really, um, but if, like looking back, it's obviously the completely the right thing to do at the time you know there was two separate pathways that were going on and I think at the time I just sort of didn't really feel like anything had changed in my life things were quite normal uh, so I thought I sort of booked a trip to New Zealand gave myself something to focus on because that's somewhere I'd always wanted to go and then sort of coming back I came I was away in the January after after that year so it was six, Seven months after we'd broken up, I went over to New Zealand for about a month, just under traveled around, had the time of my life, freedom from work and all those other stresses of life. And then, so sort of you come back, and sort of, I think it really hit me probably after that that obviously, it wasn't things weren't the same. I remember actually going into work one day, which was when pre pandemic when we were all allowed in an office. Um, and um sort of sat there and obviously didn't look very happy and my our business support officer said are you okay and you know what I nearly burst into tears that day I yeah. generally nearly burst into tears because I just didn't know what to say and I felt absolutely awful like I just felt rotten my sleep was disturbed I just wasn't happy and um, sort of became a recluse sort of thing just sort of all that sort of stuff that it's quite normal, but um obviously I didn't really seek any support. It wasn't until I think I took some time off from work. Um and that's when I first think I probably opened up to my mum about it, even though she tried to pry. And then I managed to get some support through sort of CPFT and all the mental health support locally in Cambridgeshire. Um I had some telephone therapy as such. I didn't find that very useful because didn't really like the fact that I couldn't see somebody face to face. It just didn't work for me and for others it might do. Um, But then I managed to get some face-to-face support and that sort of helped sort of turn that corner, really. At the moment, everything touch wood is okay. Um, So, yeah.
0: Thank you for for sharing all of that. It's it's interesting about the topics that we discuss in regards to mental health. We've seen each other and we know of each other. Um, We've played cricket together. But it's quite strange that these topics... You know, I never knew that about you. And that's what's so sort of captivating by this subject because in all that time I've known you, this was all bubbling in the background, much like it was for me. You know, and it's always been there and it's always been something you've dealt with or would have been dealing with. So in regards to that, this is what I find so interesting because you don't know your average day person, and even if it's someone that you know so well, as you've mentioned, family, if it's your parents, sisters, brothers, partner, you, you just don't know what that person is going through until until cracks start to appear. And I think that's what's so interesting. Um, and it's really showed that because I, I honestly had no idea, obviously, about your background. I'm sure you have no idea about mine. But it just shows you that, as humans, we, we can sometimes be quite good at programming ourselves to hide these feelings with your... You know, current profession being within that lifestyle area, what would you say your honest opinions are in regards to the phrase healthy body, healthy mind?
1: Um, so I think there's something there for sure, like around that area. So if you look at, if we take professional athletes, for example, obviously if they get a serious injury, it can be a major, major struggle for them to come back from that. And it's not just the physical repercussions of that, it's like obviously it would be like you if you couldn't work or me if I couldn't work or or whatever we wouldn't be able to do our normal job so obviously there's that mental side of that routine's gone to a degree um, and then obviously there's obviously professional athletes there's other things around obviously contracts and sponsorships and stuff like that but for us if we can't work it obviously if it was one of us it would be like you know you're not earning money you can't provide or, or whatever it is that you need to be able to do um, so I think there's that There is that thing that if your body is healthy, your mind is healthy. And actually, if you're going through an injury or an illness, that subsequently has issues, things like that. I think from work, we know, and through research, we know that there's links with people with long-term health conditions and mental health issues, especially around, like, cardiac disease. So if somebody's had a heart attack or even a cancer diagnosis, even the most treatable cancer, you know, that's still a worry for somebody because they're worried that potentially that can come back down the line. Yeah, Um,
0: what would you say the the benefits are for exercising the body in regards to illnesses or mental well-being and and keeping on top of that?
1: Yeah, well, I think overall maintaining a level of physical fitness and sort of a balanced diet that goes with that has been shown to be hugely beneficial, obviously, first off, to both physical and mental health and even incorporating a few hours of exercise into into the week helps just things like self-esteem, overall mood and even mental alertness, so things like that. But in terms of actual benefits to the body, there's actually like a quote out there which I think people see all the time, posted on the internet or have it has been in the past. That there's a quote that if exercise is a pill, everybody would take it. And actually, it's probably not far off because exercise physically can reduce like the risk of major illnesses. You know, like coronary heart disease, stroke, type two diabetes, and some cancers and also lowers that risk of premature death by up to 30%. So actually, physically, it's got loads of stuff that it does great for us. It won't stop you getting ill. And that's the, that's obviously the negative side of things. Um, but in terms of mental well-being, I think the thing that got me, like when I was, I was struggling massively, and I would not eat all over the place, I was coming home from work, falling asleep at like four, five o'clock, waking up an hour or two later, then in a the night, it was all disturbed. And it was just, it's just horrible. But actually, obviously, being active, you can feel tired, so therefore, you need to sleep. So it helps with that sleep pattern. It also, our brain is great; it releases great hormones and stuff like that when we're being active. So things like endorphins, which makes us feel good, gives us that energy. I know when I was, when I was struggling, like I didn't want to get up and do things that I would usually do. That might be going out for a run or, or whatever, or even going to see mates. Um, so actually, doing something also physical helps with stress so I think the pandemic put a lot of stress on people but actually by being active and people being able to get out helps with that and also being in nature just helps as well I think releases so good hormones but
0: yeah and you know myself and the proportion that I represent being in construction obviously a very active industry what would you say about the the other end of the spectrum where you know you're in quite a manually demanding job uh where your body could be overworked you know stiff muscles overworked legs strains backs what would you say on the flip side
1: yeah i think over like being overactive or over exercising um or too much sort of Of you can have too much of a good thing like that's the be all and end of all of it so that's no matter what we're talking about nutrition exercise whatever too much of a good thing and unfortunately leads the consequences say unfortunately obviously there's breakdown of injuries um so you'll break down you'll get injured which means you can't exercise which for some people that's a coping mechanism so obviously that means they can't do that and then there's a the decrease in things like uh, mental health people might have mood swings and then the flip side to obviously being sometimes with depression or anxiety and stuff is sleep is um you've got trouble and it's the same if you're injured or or if you're, if you're exercising you might have trouble sleeping Um, you get ill more often so colds are quite common you know if, people are over exercising they'll get ill they'll get a cold and it means
0: that they can't actually be active yeah it's quite interesting yeah I never really thought about that I've never never really noticed that correlation between you know the more active you are as a person the more you're strengthening your body to actually fight against the common cold which you know and I I suppose in your industry and the way that you work as a person it must make you feel quite good when you sort of not trained your body, but you've certainly kept it in a condition where you think oh, I'm at the best possible scenario where I can keep colds at bay.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think I definitely do do notice that. I think like as long as I'm maintaining a, a base fitness level and stuff like that, I would relatively say I, I don't get ill that often, touch wood um, and all that. but um, but yeah, but obviously on the flip side, if you're, if you're overdoing it, it then obviously leads to you getting more colds and stuff because your body's not recovering and I think that's probably a key thing with obviously people over-exercising or, or stuff like that is that they don't rest and actually, or fuel the body, so with nutrition. Um And actually you've got to go back to Rome wasn't built in a day. So you've got to ensure that you're resting and taking that time off. It's no different to, so you or I in our jobs every day you know we've got to take annual leave to allow ourselves to recharge our batteries to go again because life gets stressful you know you've got work you've got bills to pay and then obviously you've got everything else that life throws at you and sometimes you just need that break and that's no different there for anybody or anybody exercising or doing too much.
0: Yeah and I think you can relate that to the, the mental processes with that as well if you're in a job that you know, you're sitting in offices, working at a desk all day, and your brain's ticking. You're working numbers, or you're writing, or you're typing. You've got to give your mind that rest as well. So I think that relates in both areas that you can't overwork both areas. And I think that's why, you know, this this has come about with my experience in the construction industry. Often, you know, if I'm if I'm planning a, a job, or there are people out there who are self-employed that might do drawings or be their their own boss and obviously do the jobs themselves they're often thinking about the job they're thinking about materials cost effectiveness they're thinking about what needs ordering the the subcontractors they might have and as the flip side, they're doing the job themselves they're getting physically tired they are you know working to the bone every day and unfortunately, I think you know you often see and I'm sure you do burn you know burnouts you see a lot with people they they just they cannot manage that that side to the mental well-being just as much as the physical but it's so easy to say oh I'm tired and my my back hurts or my legs are aching today because you've been on your feet all day to think okay I'll give myself a rest but a lot of the time people don't do that with the mental side
1: no we're quick to say like we'll have a rest or we'll have a day off exercise or or whatever or whatever it is because we physically feel tired but actually there's that mental tiredness that I think we we sort of Negate as such, and you you allude to burnout, and it's it's a it's amazing. Like in obviously in in the industry I work in, we've got fitness instructors and stuff who will teach so many classes a week, then go and do their day job and stuff like that. And actually, there's a point where they can only do so much, yeah. And they burn out, and then that's the worry, isn't it? Because we're meant to be the well, you perceived in an active industry is almost indestructible, um, to a degree, or or the person who knows how to do it all, but actually. There's a big side of the industry which will just continue keeping going, exercising, doing whatever they can, um, not to face the demons that are there and that's the difficulty and then it isn't until it almost gets to that breakdown point that actually anything happens.
0: Yeah and I think you've hit the nail on the head there where you said industry and business because you have to treat whatever work or career you're in as a business and as the industry you work in doesn't matter if I'm there you know wiring a, a lighting circuit or if someone's down the road um, organising flowers because they're a florist ready for the sales that day or if like yourself you're out personal training and working with people just because you don't have the paperwork I might have just because you don't have the deal dealing side with sitting in an office like someone else might have or a commute into work doesn't mean that you what some people would think as exercising as a bit of fun, doesn't mean that that isn't stressful for you and you're thinking about the career path. You're not just thinking about having a run here. You've got to plan, obviously, your workouts. You've got to plan the routines that you might be going through and, obviously, like you say, teaching various people. So it's part of teaching. It's not just as simple as, right, what should we uh, do today? You've you've often planned that, I'm sure, in advance and you know what you're going to do. So that structure has to has to have planning behind it doesn't it
1: yeah absolutely i think that's the probably the biggest thing people just expect you think that you turn up to a session and, and whip something out and just <laughs> to, which, to a degree you can there's there's times where you can do that but actually you're providing a service for people So people are paying for that service so as much as anything you want to take pride in what you do and and that obviously adds on to that and you're working with people and they've got goals or groups of people who might have long-term health conditions and you've got to balance that and but like I work with a number of people with long-term health conditions in groups and, and it's part of part of the work we do um, with my team. Um, and actually sometimes it's hard because long-term health conditions, obviously alluded to cancer, obviously with my dad, but we work with a cancer charity locally um, and we provide some exercise sessions. And that's from people who obviously are literally just starting their cancer journey. So they might have just been newly diagnosed. So people who are in treatment or even on the flip side to that, um, the finish treatment and getting back to normal daily living but from any moment you don't know from one week to the next whether they come in and say that they've got a new diagnosis or or whatever and that's that's a difficult thing you know because you don't know and I remember quite a few weeks back one of the one of the gentlemen had um was coming to my class He's since moved out of the area but before he left he had his his latest levels done and he come in absolutely buzzing that day. He was bouncing around and I've never seen him with such a big smile on his face and all the time. And he was like, I had my levels. Uh, his, uh, level, his prostate levels come back. He goes, he goes over, literally dropped like nothing. Um, and I was like, wow, that's amazing. And he was bouncing off the wall the whole session. But I know in that session that there are people in that session who are still going through treatment and quite invasive treatment. And you have to v- find that balance in that. So while I felt amazing for him. I also felt bad for the others. But it's that difficult balance, isn't it? Like, you know, you've got to you've got to appreciate when obviously things go well, but obviously in the back of my mind is oh, how's that gonna make whoever else feel in that group? Because obviously they're still in treatment or they've got a terminal diagnosis so they're never gonna get better. And that's that how do you do that? And you know, we have that we have to have you know, we have to we have conversations with colleagues about that or we'll talk to talk to each other about it because otherwise, like anything, you would take it home with you and you don't really want to take that home with you all the time, um, but you've got to celebrate. I think we're, we're very good at cele- uh, not celebrating the good. I think that's just as a, as a Yeah, as I as think that's
0: us as um, British people, we're quite uh, yeah. modest <laughs> with our own celebrations. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. But I think sometimes you've got to take, do that because actually celebrating the, the little wins is sometimes you know, that that happy feeling and and will will make it so worthwhile, you know, like, that's why I love the job, what I do, because, you know, I change people's lives every day, you know, and make a difference to people, even if it is, you know, dealing with older adults and they're just coming into into a session and actually it's just getting them out of the house because they're at home on their own and they've lost their partner, but actually it's an out for them and it helps them. And, you know, it's not just my mental health that I get the benefit of seeing these lovely people, Actually, it's beneficial for them. I think what struck me, I think, was post-COVID, I was covering a session for a a colleague who wasn't in and um, in a community class out in Warboys that we teach. And one of them said, as much as we love the exercise, we come here more for the social benefit. And that's true. Like, most of them will come and chat and probably chat more than they exercise at some of these sessions. But do you know what? That might be the only time they see somebody that week. So let them enjoy it
0: yeah and I think that's such an important outlet for for some people you know with the work that you do with your experiences you've had in in the past, does it ever affect the way you feel? Obviously you've mentioned there having some people that you might be working with that have good diagnosis or bad diagnosis, does it ever flag up recent you know thoughts or churn up any feelings within the it within you that you've had in the past? Do you ever find it difficult to navigate through that? That face of trying to be professional for those people.
1: I probably cope with it quite well. I think that I remember having a conversation with my manager about the partnership with the Cancer Charity, and she was like, "Are you okay to be teaching it?" And I thought, "Not really thought about it." Like, but actually, I think, obviously, losing my dad to cancer and seeing what he was going through, and stuff like that, and he wasn't very active in it. You know, as much as we encouraged or tried to keep him as active as possible, um, he just lost all motivation for things which is absolutely fine Um but I wanted like I do what I do because I enjoy obviously that side of helping things seeing those people improve get back to work and I mean yeah it can be hard it can bring up memories but actually I look back on them and use those experiences I think to help I think and help those individuals or empathise with them a bit, more, a bit better because actually they don't all know obviously about that situation and I'll, I'll talk to them if I feel it's right to but I don't bring up obviously i've had that experience of somebody going with can going through with cancer because it's not my place to do so and it's not necessarily a place that they want to know and actually um yeah it, i mean it does obviously it does hit hit sometimes i think um we recently lost somebody in, in one of the classes i taught she hasn't been well for a, a long time but we got a message the other day to say that she passed away but you know as a team we sort of rally around and and stuff like that and just you know pick each other up if we need to but um on the whole, I think I cope with it relatively well. I'd
0: like to say, yeah, I think that's incredible. Really, you've just mentioned there about a, from what I'd view, almost a customer, a client, a person that you work closely with, passing away. Sometimes it's inevitable, but I can't, from my point of view, I can't quite imagine that. So, you know, I really have to commend how it must be for you to just take that in your stride because there's a lot of people I'm sure that would be listening that would think that their job is tough and obviously it has parts to it that are difficult however there won't be certain people apart from those who perhaps work in the industries where there might be health care, end of life care, hospice workers, nursing homes that would expect like yourself death to be quite a regular topic. Um, obviously there is more industries out there but in the example of mine it can happen but it's not for a expected reason it's very unexpected in my industry it's not like I would expect any of my customers to pass away or any of my colleagues to pass away now I think that's you know really shows strength and I think from my point of view the experiences you've had in the past with your dad from the sounds of it you do quite a good job of actually giving something back you know and I, I don't know if that's something everyone anyone's ever told you but from my point of view honestly it looks like a, such a huge thing that you are giving back to these people uh, through your past experiences and, and you are feeding back into the world that I'm sure that was very difficult to you but I think you're turning it into a world that is a bit softer and a bit nicer to deal with and you're helping people that I'm sure you would have hoped were around in the examples of your of your dad.
1: Yeah, I really, really appreciate that. Actually, nobody's ever said that to me. People have said (laughs) I'm always passionate about what I do, like in terms of that. And I'm always grateful, I think, with it. And I think I do do a lot less delivery in terms of like, obviously, with classes and stuff than what I did do previously um, due to my role, obviously, as the development officer. But actually, I think, I reflected back with with the individual who recently left the class to move and obviously he had great uh his, his levels had almost dropped and he was talking to me because um i just finished a master's in public health and he was like oh, i hope whatever you do next is is sort of practical based and you're doing what you're doing with um with us because or something similar because he you goes, know, you can just see that you've got the passion to help help others and stuff like that in this situation and I was like, I did say to him, I was like, Do you know what? Like, actually, sometimes from from my point of view, because I don't teach as much, I think when I did it a lot, I took it for granted. I think being able to teach and see these individuals every every day or or whenever it was, um, whereas now because I only teach, I think two or three classes a week, and then have very few sort of one to one individuals now. Um, I obviously appreciate it. I think I step back and think I appreciate it a lot more than what I did, um, and. It's great and actually really it's probably given me like a a new love for it in a different way if that makes sense
0: yeah I think that's great because I'm almost envious that you you must feel glad to to wake up and feel like the job that you do really does contribute that you know I wish I could wake up and feel that sometimes I'm appreciated as much as you are in in your job role that you obviously give such hope to these people and such an outlet like you say it doesn't matter if they're exercising or not it's just a nice place to recover and and chat and it's almost like a physical counseling or therapy group as to to what some might you know refer to it as you know talking all about the stuff you do for your work it sounds like it benefits you certainly quite a lot like the way you feel physically the way you feel mentally would you say there's personally to you what would you say it really does benefit you? Does it make you, you know, feel fulfilled? Does it make you feel happy? Do you come home, you know, like that guy? Do you come home buzzing off the walls?
1: Uh, I wouldn't say all the time I feel like that. Um, I think there's <laughs> a lot more, like, there's a lot more, obviously, to it than just the delivery. But yeah, I think sometimes, obviously, if there's been a good day and there's been, like, a positive story in the class or or, or whatever i taught, obviously, it does help. I think that definitely helps things um, going away from my... It a desk job uh, going away from like a meeting where you're talking about public health or or whatever else or trying to support the nhs on a project but actually i think seeing the difference that, that my team make or, or i make to individuals is actually definitely i think something which helps sort of give me energy um with that and obviously keeps me getting up for work every day which is great which is what, what i really enjoy about it i think um you know and it's what what the schemes and stuff that we deliver around sort of our area and stuff doesn't happen everywhere and that's that's always surprises me so again talking about um somebody who recently come uh, who recently moved away from our area he come to a, one of my cardiac sessions he was we've had so many issues trying to find him a session to do where he's moving to so very few people deliver it and it's just bonkers and he said to me like I can't believe that this isn't elsewhere and i said well it is it's just not necessarily as well known or it might not be in that particular area unfortunately and it's all around obviously fun if you can get funding for it so we're fortunate that the local authorities subsidize what we do um but we still have to charge people and um, which is the, the hard thing i think especially in the current climate and talking to the nhs which is there under all sorts of pressure but it's also trying to get that message through that The NHS is free, but unfortunately, we can't afford to be free.
0: Yeah, and it comes at its cost, right? You know, that's just the way that it it works, unfortunately. So, taking all of these points away and from your industry, what would you say to our listeners about learning simple techniques or activities that have helped you and will help them that that they can do at home or they can change for themselves?
1: Yeah, um, I think... Obviously, we're in well, currently in winter. It's dark and dingy, and at the moment, it's we should probably freezing outside right now while we're recording this. But um, <laughs> I think winter is probably the hardest time for people. I think that's the hardest time, obviously, the time of year. But actually, getting out when it's daylight helps massively. You know that vitamin D, that that sun when it's out, um, and stuff like that. But actually, being out in nature. So if you've got a local park or or country park or something nearby that you can walk to or or go to, then that's great. You use a friend. Or be accountable to a to a, either a group, whether that's an exercise group or or just any sort of group that you're out there. It might be like a health walk or anything like that. You know, you've got them out there, or or use them sort of as that sort of support system. And I think ultimately, remember to find something you enjoy. Like, there's no one way to be active. I think we we get hooked on we have to exercise in a gym, or we have to exercise in the swimming pool. We have to be doing a sport. You don't, like, it could be just, as I said, go out for a walk. could be get out in the garden, rake some leaves, you know, be out in the garden. Just be out. Anything that gets you moving, just that little bit, is great. And actually, that's probably the best thing. Like, movement is good. It doesn't have to be a a, a sign class or anything like that. Anything is better than nothing. And there's absolutely tons of resources out there now. You know, you've got YouTube. Um, for people with long-term health conditions as the Undefeatables programme, which have loads of little videos um, to, to do at home, which you can do in the comfort of your home. home. But if not, like find a local group. Community halls are, uh, might be cold at this time of year, but actually there's loads of little sessions in them. Um, and just, yeah, have a look online and, um, or speak to a, a friend around it and drag them along um, because actually it's a lot easier having somebody else there with you especially for the first session then then that and you'll make new friends like everybody was a new person somewhere or a new activity for the first time so they'll all know how those nerves and stuff feel.
0: A lot of these groups they have a lot of you know social aspects to them that it is part of joining the group that naturally you will actually make friends and it's a good social occasion as well as a physical occasion and I think that's what people should take away with this and improve themselves in the in the physical side so you know wrapping that up i'd like to thank you once again for for appearing on this um and sharing your advice and your experience it's been really great to have you um so i hope that you know anyone listening can take some advice away from this so darren thank you again for for appearing on this
1: thank you again for having me
0: the chat that i had with darren there obviously really good to find out about his industry and it sounds like it must be so hard to balance the good and the bad news daily which for me I think that'd be very difficult to balance those internal emotions for those of you around you whether it's going to be happiness or sadness so you know props to him for managing those emotions for other people just to let them get on with what news they might be having because I should imagine it's, it's not easy to hear of your patients that you're you know a bad thing has just come up or a negative diagnosis. I think it's easily misconceived with physical industries that no work goes on you know in preparation and there it was interesting to see the work that does go on behind closed doors and it's really great that he feels like he changes lives because you can tell by the interview and what he's been through that that sense of giving something back really does resonate with him and I think that's absolutely fantastic. These times when going through bad news, you know, often social interaction is the thing that gets us through. As humans, having social interaction really does push you through to get up to have a laugh with someone, have a chat. It's not always the big things in life that push you through to the end and I can certainly relate to that, that it's not wanting to continue with my career it's not wanting to go to certain places see certain things in life it is getting up having a laugh seeing people you love and you know and just checking in with them and it's the basic things that start so having these occupational therapy groups sounds more good for for almost ticking over and making sure that you have a reason to turn up and you feel like you want to wake up every day to see that care group that you you see really and make sure that you have people around you that care about what's going on in your life. Um, Once again for the episode links will be available the Undefeatables program I will put a link in the episode description also local groups for occupational health areas will be within that as well. Excellent chat once again for finding out about more industries and more things that are out there to help us and to help others and obviously promote them thank you again so much for listening i hope it's been very interesting all the way through along i know i say this but it has been really interesting for me to learn about others and what they do so you know get in touch see our socials and of course if you ever want to get in touch email us we're on facebook twitter instagram the lot so thanks again for listening and i look forward to next week